happy birthday, Paul Lawrence Dunbar Chambers Jr., otherwise known as Mr. PC. Mr. PC. Hello. Born April 22nd, 1935. And maybe you'll actually, you will be hearing this podcast way after that date or actually no maybe around that date right 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 Bob? we're trying to know. get it out yeah we're, we're well, here to celebrate yeah great pc's birthday april oh. 22nd and we're here in 2022 if you're listening to this later right. but every day is paul chambers day <laughs> we're here we all live it every day <laughs> he built the house base <laughs> out front you yes, know sir. that was from a great recording that actually i didn't know much about until bob introduced it to me uh, that was on, on Art Blakey's uh, Drums Around the Corner. Um, I've got my love to keep me warm. Hello. Yeah, beautiful. Hello. I've got my bass. And it's so cool. It's just it's just a duo <laughs> track between him and Art Blakey. It's on Art, Art Blakey's album, like you just mentioned, Drums Around the Corner. But the whole track is just dedicated to, to Paul Chambers and Art together. It's beautiful. Definitely mm-hmm. got to go check it out. No doubt. No so doubt, good. man. Yeah. Thanks for that, man. Appreciate, appreciate Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So, well, you know, uh, sorry, go ahead. Hey, please. Sorry. So we're here, uh, obviously still on Zoom, trying to do our thing here in 2022, still COVID days, whatever. But uh, we're here uh, to talk and celebrate the great Paul Chambers, of course. And um, everybody, every bass player, every jazz bass player has been influenced by Paul Chambers, whether even if they're aware of it or not. Uh, but most of them are, of course, because we've you know all hung with the records, transcribed, played along, everything like that. And everybody's got a Paul Chambers story story too or a discovery story and uh ruben i wanted to i'm really curious what's your how did you discover paul chambers what what got you into to pc oh man so uh, okay uh i have to paint a picture create a scene for y'all you know young young very young ruben rogers wet behind the ears island boy how old are we talking about Ooh. Mid mid teens. Okay. Teens. Cool, cool. This is in the late eighties. Hello. Hello. Most of you weren't born. Um <laughs> <laughs> I uh, discovered jazz or I from a master class shortly before and I was like, Whoa, I love this music. Wow, what is this? I go to the local music store. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> this is still a times of cassettes and actually cassettes were just leaving and cds had just started coming in so the cassettes were a lot cheaper you know and sure. so i was like yeah i need some cassettes yeah. <laughs> i asked the the guy behind the <laughs> the counter i was like um i'd like some jazz music i'd like to ask some jazz tapes please <laughs> i'd love to see <laughs> that like, he was like oh yeah really he's like all right what do you play i was like i play bass you know at the time obviously i didn't know anything about the acoustic bass i played electric bass mm-hmm. i literally didn't know much about i knew what the instrument i could see what it looked like but i didn't really know the sound you know so this guy proceeds to give me uh jacob astorius Mm. you know the self you know title self name self-title album he gives me if this space could only talk and he gives me miles davis greatest hits and thelonious Mm. monk's greatest hits where collect collection of but like beautiful like he hit it right on the head he was like take that and then you you see what you what you come up with very cool <laughs> go out into the world sir <laughs> young buck 
So to to sum it up, I listened to those tapes over and over and over and over, right? Yeah. But I was so naive that I didn't even know the name of the instrument. I knew it was like a, a, a bass, an upright bass, but I didn't realize what it looked like, how to play it or whatever. I didn't have that record. I mean, we didn't have internet and all that. We don't want to get into that. But I just didn't have a reference. I knew, but I didn't know. You know what That's, I mean? Mm-hmm. And and more so, I didn't even know the players. I didn't know the names of the players on the on the cassettes for whatever reason. I think they didn't even have, because, you know, with a the compilation, they didn't even have, uh, they didn't oh, have yeah. in the insert somehow the names of all the musicians. So it was like, so what? Live at the Blackhawk. It was, it was like a, a, a few from, you know, from different albums, gotcha. you know, yeah. But a lot of it was was PC, hmm. right? Of course. And so that sound I liked a lot, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really understand what it, how, how he was making those sounds and how difficult the instrument was. I was mm. put my electric bass in, so his sound is 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 the beginning. We even though I didn't realize until many years later that 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 was him. He kind of introduced me to the acoustic bass, jazz acoustic bass, you so know. Cool. Yeah. So I owe a lot to to this man. Beautiful. <laughs> you know. So um, you know, I, I to this day, I mean, how many ever years later it is right now, I still revere. I mean, it's still something that I'm 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 trying to to get to that sound and that feel and all of that that consistency. Do you still have a tape player? <laughs> you still got the cassettes? No, I. I got rid of my cassettes so look, long ago. I don't know. Yeah, it's gone. It's gone. But I miss those days of having the cassettes. I would go to the library, and uh, you know, you mm-hmm. you could just dub tapes. You know, you put the little thing go. in the in the top of the the cassette tapes. You it's, could dub yep, over it, whatever. So easy, yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, so many compilations. I'd love to have those because there'd be some weird stuff on it. But <clears throat> I first um, was consciously made aware of Paul Chambers. Um, by one of my early teachers who much to his credit was you know put me on the right track very early around Mm -hmm. the same time but maybe more like maybe when I was 16 or 17 Mm -hmm. and this is in the 90s you know like way you would already anyways whole other whole other era (laughs) you say I was already driving I already had a kid and all that you're already on the road probably I mean come on you're out making records (laughs) (laughs) Um, so but uh, no I had a fantastic um, I had I was very lucky to have a few very very great teachers early on and um the red garland album groovy mm. was the first album that i heard in a trio i mean, uh, my teacher was like hey the bass is super clear on this you can mm. you can hear it you know dig into it and at first i heard it and i'm just to be straight up honest i, I was coming out of stanley clark coming out of jaco pastor really like over mm. the t- not over the top but really obviously big bass sounds <clears throat> in your face and yeah. a different era too <clears throat> yeah excuse me and so when i first heard it not gonna lie i was just like okay that's cool that's cool mm-hmm. but I, I like word of mouth this is that, that you know and so it took me oh <laughs> it took me a while exactly right oh yeah and i wanted to hear donna lee you know from that same jocko album you're talking yeah but um you know he tasked me in my lessons to start transcribing and playing along with it um and as i was doing that and slowly like trying to figure out what these bass lines were because I was trying to put bass lines together just on my own without much perspective. Do you know what I mean? As mm-hmm. early bass players do when they start learning to walk. Man. And still, I go back to that now and I'm just like, where is this coming from? You know, like yeah. how how incredible are these lines? 
that that Paul Chambers is is making in the moment. So, anyways, my really short story of coming together with Paul Chambers is from the Red Garland album Groovy, it's and so lovely, uh, also Red's man. piano. Not not long after that, I love it. So. I love I, I love it. And you everybody, know, every bass player has a as a piece to story of too. Of course, we all course. transcribed I mean, he's him. One of the most you know revered and and recorded bassists, you know, even though he had a, such a short, you know, I guess career or lifespan, you know, Definitely. on this earth, he 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 left you know behind such a huge body of work and uh with that said we're gonna just play just uh one of the recordings Sorry. one of the recordings that he uh was on uh, one one that was <laughs> that was one of my favorites is still one of my favorites with miles davis live at the black hawk is when one one of uh miles De uh miles legendary Quintets, you know, Hank Mobley. Great records. It's yeah. Hank Mobley, right? Yeah, Hank Mobley, um, mm -hmm. you know, Wynton Kelly, Jimmy Cobb, of course, Jimmy the Cobb. great Miles Davis. Uh, this is this is one of those uh, where he's, you know, the bass, bass out front, where he's he's holding it down. You know, you, you hear what we're talking about. It's over this uh, Sonny Rollins tune called Olio. Here it comes. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I checked it out just a few days for the first time. Mr. Debu, uh, sorry oh no. for taking you so long after you've had it out for like seven years. Um, <laughs> I'm just joking. Did Has you it like been it? What, maybe, it's been maybe, what, six months? Has it, it's been out for it a minute. Yeah. No, it was that was a really, um, really fun course to put together, obviously, because I love it so much, you know. So, so uh, thanks for checking it out. And one of the things that you, you have on there, actually one of the, uh, I think you, you call it... Um, 
one of the lessons fundamental now it's fundamental notes or it's like you, you uh, landmarks you landmarks. Call it landmarks sure landmarks mm-hmm. and it's actually over um rhythm say rhythm changes i don't yeah. know if it's the same blues or not but you do it very slow and and it exposes his beautiful lines you know uh, and it's 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 uh, it's a really well done course thank you for oh, taking thanks. the time to uh to you know enlighten us on mr pc in such detail brother appreciate it hey i i learned so much putting that together and still am as i as i you know continue to dive into it so but john i thought that was a really interesting kind of idea that came to me i was like the the shape of his lines Mm -hmm. are very interesting to me you know like where he's heading how he's setting things up and i was just like how can we investigate this a little bit more so yeah the landmarks and we get into certain patterns that he does often that i call pcisms there you go and Mm -hmm. um it's just so melodic though it's so melodic so his lines Uh, i i i like to actually call him he's like one of the most elegant bassists Mm. of all time one of the most elegant eddie is such style and class in everything he does even if it's you know, when it's dirty, it's still elegant. You know mm. what I mean? When it's out of tune, it's still etiquette, el- elegant. You know, yes. even if it slows down, speeds up, it's still elegant. You know? <laughs> yes, yes. And I love watching I love videos of him playing, too. And you can just see this grace yes. that he exhibits as he's playing. He, The way he's holding himself and just his face, too. I mm. I, I, I can't get enough of it. So, yep, yeah. Yep. And, and with that said, what else did can we talk about what he did so well that even so many bass players can't even get to this level of of his arco playing oh uh, yes indeed yeah pc's arco playing um you know before we get into there let's let's give our you know listeners a little bit more trivia about mr, mr. oh yes indeed mr. yeah well, for sure yeah no we've got some good arco stuff coming up and he's recorded so much of it he was a, a definitely a pioneer not the first cat to do it but he took it to a whole nother level but you mentioned earlier, full name, Paul Lawrence Dunbar Chambers Jr., mm-hmm. otherwise known as Paul Chambers, otherwise known as Mr. PC. He was born April 22nd, 1935 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and then he, but he was raised in Detroit, uh, yep. nearby his uh, cousin, the great Doug Watkins, another mm-hmm. master, master bassist, mm-hmm. and uh, he went to, uh, let's see, well, he began on the baritone horn, which is really interesting and then he moved to tuba so he's definitely getting the the correct oh. lineage you know like the the godfather the bass there with the tuba um and before he switched to double bass in roughly 1949 he went to the famous cass technical high school in detroit uh, along with curtis fuller and donald bird mm. also, also an alumni of the school is ron carter and there's an oh. interesting quote here that i found from uh mr from Maestro Ron Carter, saying that I knew Paul Chambers, but again, we were not playing friends nor in the same social circles because I was not into the jazz scene by any means at that time. So they were they were nearby, but uh, right. but but Ron Carter didn't you know wasn't really closely associated or hang out with Paul Chambers. Um, Isn't that something? Isn't that something? It's, 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 something. It's, 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 it's interesting how that is and how Ron says, I wasn't really, I didn't know him. And shortly after Paul Chambers left the band, he was he was the dude. You know what I mean? Crazy. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, super crazy. Yeah, definitely. But uh-huh. um, yeah, another thing from uh, Maestro Ron Carter, um, he stated in this Kind of Blue uh, documentary, Kind of Blue Celebrating a Masterpiece, he mentioned that, that uh, Paul Chambers was one of the first bassists to play notes that weren't necessarily the root. And that's something that added interest to his playing, which is well stated and 
you know, I, I'm sure other people had maybe gotten away from the roots mm-hmm. here and there, but he really took it to a whole nother level. Yeah. And if you're curious as to what we're talking about right now, just go put on Paul walking on So What. <laughs> and that'll be mm-hmm. super evident. Um, so some of Paul's, uh, Paul Chambers' biggest influence was uh, the great Jimmy Blanton, who mm-hmm. is obviously a huge influence on so many people. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. So he was way into Jimmy Blanton. Uh, he was preceded by and influenced by uh, the great Oscar Pettiford, of course, Ray Brown, Percy Heath, Milt Hinton, the great Wendell Marshall, Charles Mingus, and George de Vivier. Um, all super masters, and he just, you know, is, is part of that lineage as well. He's really well known for his two main rhythm section units with uh, particularly, and these are all related to the Miles Davis band, of course, too, everybody knows. The rhythm section, which comes out of this Art Pepper album that, that I know you've checked out too, but with Red, Red Garland and Philly Joe, mm-hmm. and then also the trio with Wynton Kelly and Jimmy Cobb. Mm-hmm. So... Just some Paul Chambers uh, history there that we wanted to share, make sure everybody's aware of, because yep. we can't get enough of it. So, uh, Ruben, trivia, a little trivia. We got you just brought that. up. It is a bass-centric podcast. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Um, but we so you just brought up and... some Arco stuff. What were you yes. going to say? Yes, Arco. We guess get to Arco, something that, that's <laughs> uh, is something that's always, un, you know, ho- unfortunately in a back of a lot of jazz players minds but obviously it's it was in the forefront of his because he did it so well mm-hmm. um it's something that's so hard to do actually to p- improvise improvise with the bow uh yeah. and the main thing that someone i was i was talking to someone or or, or or looked at someone and the main thing about about that you know when you when when a lot of classical players are are being taught they have a lot of bowing kind of exercises and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, the way, okay, you do it this way, you see this passage, you know how to do this, and you articulate this way, you kind of have a rhythm or, or a familiarity, familiarity from certain things that you taught. But yeah. with jazz, being that it's so in the moment, you know, and the way you articulate and you express yourself on it, it is, it's, it's one of those things that is it's really... <laughs> the only way you can figure it out is by doing it a lot. You know what for I sure. mean? Doing for it sure. a lot and having be hopefully have some facility with the with that instrument. I like to call it an instrument itself because the bow is an instrument playing an instrument Absolutely. almost. You know, <laughs> absolutely, so much art so, and skill to it. Yeah. Um. And uh, so he was he was a master at it. You know, a serious master at it. And we like to give you um just a little taste of that. Uh, yeah. This is from. Uh, Whims of Chambers. This is one of his albums, uh, and uh, it's called "Tale of the Fingers." Here we go. <laughs> Thank you. 
That's 1957. Hello. 1957 Hello. playing that. I mean, it's it's incredible. In the first place, this is a studio. This is uh, Paul Chambers as a leader <clears throat> on his album, um, Whims of Chambers, right? And this this part, this particular track was a trio with Horace Silver and Philly Joe Jones. Uh, that was evident there. But um, there's just so much in that. It sounds uh, so much... Um, like how uh, Paul Chambers would solo pizzicato. Yeah, yeah. Except it's done with the bow, of course, too. And then there's you get the different length of the notes. You get a well, little bit different articulations. Like what? listening to that just now made me realize also it is really hard to articulate that. It's really hard to swing, mm. to have mm-hmm. like a, 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 um, art- a swinging articulation, swinging yeah. articulation with the bow. And it, sure. it's hard not to... To, to sound choppy or sound like a robot like you know what Definitely. I mean but somehow his control and his finesse with the with the instrument yes. <laughs> it, yeah. it it like it's seamless and that's how we, I, was, I, I agree like it sounds like he, how it, he would play pizzicato you know what I mean which we obviously hear him do most of the time but it's it's, it's pretty uncanny I mean I mean uh, Slam Stewart and there's a, a host of others who yeah. could do even Jimmy Blanton but For even sure. Jimmy Blanton's thing I feel like was not uh, as swinging as as PCs you know what I mean it was sure. definitely a, a lot straighter eighth notes you know what I mean still definitely. equally as beautiful you know what I mean but definitely not as articulate as he he as he we just heard for sure yeah yeah uh, so yeah. something we didn't mention in uh, Paul Chambers history is that he did study with uh, with a member of the t- Detroit Symphony Orchestra when he was younger mm-hmm. so he right. definitely had a good foundation mm-hmm. in uh, playing Arco uh, but still, it's it was not a very prevalent type of idea. We I don't think that we've mentioned either too that he's he's playing on gut strings. Hello, and with high action, you know, <laughs> most likely high action, right. and uh, to, so that the strings will be able to vibrate because it, it, that's a whole thing. But it's hard enough yes. to play what just what we just heard, uh, pizzicato. Yes, yes, <laughs> and then hard enough to play it on steel strings with the bow on a on yeah. a modern day upright bass that's yes, set up it's very um, difficult so yeah. but but aside from all the technical details it's just beautiful phrasing mm-hmm. it sounds like paul chambers uh vocabulary of course mm-hmm. he didn't play differently he didn't right. say different mm-hmm. statements with when he was playing arco so i yeah. just you can't well, you can't you get know, any better than that we we're not going to uh play any of his albums right it, you know as we wrap this this uh, birthday podcast up, but we want to at least you know acknowledge all his recordings. Um, yeah. You know, the first one being Chambers Music. You know, it was recorded in 1956. Mm. He has actually has a he's a host of folks on on that one. Um, is that that's the one featuring um, featuring Donald Byrd on right? that? Sorry, mm-hmm. yeah, Donald Byrd is on that one as well. Donald I believe. Bird, yeah, they were yeah, yeah Detroit buddies. Um, this Whims of Chambers in 1957. 
uh, this bass on top, you know, another that same year, Paul's Chambers Quintet 58. Uh, that's with the great Alvin Jones, Clifford Jordan, mm. and Tommy Flanagan. Uh, we three, uh, I guess it's a co joined, co led kind of session. Yeah, uh, yeah, with Phineas Newborn and Roy Haynes. That's an incredible album, also. Yes, there's Go. That was uh, those, you know, that last one and, and this one in 1959. Hmm. Uh, I forget who's on Go. So who, tell me about that one. Do you remember? Uh, you know, I would have to investigate that. <laughs> I, Shame on us. I anyway. don't know that one as well. But it's uh, 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 it's Cannibal Adderley, Wynton uh, Kelly, uh, Philly uh, Joe, mm-hmm. Freddie Hubbard is on it. Hello. And Jimmy Cobb. Okay, so, you, know, you know, usual suspects, his, his boys, his posse. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, the last one as a leader was uh, First Baseman, 1960. Mm. Uh, so he did a lot in, in like, just a, a few years. I mean, what's that? That's like that seven been? albums in four years <laughs> as a leader. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, In the 50s as a bass player. Right. I mean, it, it, that's mm-hmm. it's just mind blowing, you know. Yeah, it's but great. Uh, that's a lot of body of work. On top of obviously, he's on countless records, countless classic man. records. We don't even do we need to say some of them. I mean, obviously, I, Live at the Blackhawk is up there. Live you put on Giant Black, Steps. Yes. You put on So What. You know, you like throw you know like throw a dart at somebody's record collection. Yep. You're gonna hit Paul Chambers. Tons of Red Goblin Trio records. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite uh, Wynton Kelly records, Kelly at Midnight. Mm. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, I, I, shoot. There's there's a, a tons tons, uh, uh, Kenny, um, uh, sorry, I'm I'm um, quiet Kenny, quiet Kenny. That's oh, the name, yeah. Kenny Durham. Yeah, the Kenny I Durham. love that record so, so much. Good. And that ba- the bass, Tommy Flanagan, um, At R Taylor. I mean, anyway, bass sounds beautiful on. on that album. Yeah, there's a Definitely. lot of albums we could be talking about, uh, yeah, but we we won't get into that. We'll we'll be here all day. But anyway, <laughs> it would never um, end. <laughs> We'd have a whole podcast so, yeah, take, on Paul Chambers is needed. You dig? <laughs> that would be essential. But take us out. What, what are you going to play for us to, to, to take us out? So I've got one track here that's a bootleg, um, a track that was uh, brought to my attention years ago and then just brought back to my attention by the great piano player, uh, Benny Green, um, who it's it's a it's just Red Gar just it's Red Garland and Paul Chambers playing duo, mm. apparently from a live Miles Davis session in uh, what does it say 1957. So it's from the Miles Davis Quintet at the Cafe Bohemia in 1957, but it's just duo Paul Chambers Red Garland on a foggy day, and it is so swinging. Nice. And uh, I think we need to go out on that to me. I had never heard it, man. Appreciate you it. need to go out on this. It's so nice. So I'm gonna let and it roll. Here we go. And well, happy well, birthday, Paul! Tanger. I guess we are we saying goodbye though. Are we saying goodbye to our listeners? Oh and yeah, absolutely. On, on that, well, good yeah, to see y'all. Take that. care. Makes Have sense, right? <laughs> <laughs> happy Peace, everybody. birthday, Mr. Happy birthday, PC. Absolutely. <laughs> Peace.
it's Miles Davis, the quintet, playing for you from the Cafe Bohemia, 15 Barrow Street in Greenwich Village. Now comes a very important time.